reading from the second book of Kings. Now the people of the city said to Elisha, the location of this city is good as my Lord sees, but the water is bad and the land is unfruitful. He said, bring me a new bowl and put salt in it. So they brought it to him. Then he went to the spring of water and threw the salt into it and said, thus says the Lord, I have made this water wholesome. From now on, neither death nor miscarriage shall come from it. So the water has been wholesome to this day, according to the word that Elisha spoke. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God.
reading from the Gospel of Mark. Immediately, he made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side, to Bethsaida, where he dismissed the crowd. After saying farewell to them, he went up on the mountain to pray. When evening came, the boat was out on the lake, and he was alone on the land. When he saw that they were straining at the oars against an averse wind, he came towards them early in the morning, walking on the lake. He intended to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought it was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Then he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased. And they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. When they had crossed over, they came to land at Gennesaret and moored the boat. When they got out of the boat, people at once recognized him and rushed about the whole region and began to bring the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was, and wherever he went, into villages or cities or farms, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might touch even the fringe of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God.
the Father Almighty.
Take heart, it is I, in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. This is, of course, um, Wilfred Grenfell Day, so if you had forgotten that, you still have a few more hours to send out your Wilfred Grenfell greetings, especially if it's an electronic form you're going to send them. I feel certain someone would sell you something appropriate to send, even at this late hour. The people you send it to might have no clue who he is. And, and I myself often feel so strange amidst the, these two pillars, traditional as they are, so I think I'm going to stand in front of them. Um, I feel of two minds when we have these um, uh, memorials to these wonderfully holy people that we don't remember uh, and the, the lessons that go with them uh, because they can turn into you know, sort of like religio-historic amusement. You know, isn't this an interesting person and all the fun things he did? Especially when, in this case, he did good things, really good things, in ways that we don't do them anymore. He started hospitals in Newfoundland uh, for, for people uh, as, as the uh, cantor so uh, carefully chanted just now in the collect. Uh, and uh, a lot of cottage hospitals and, and did some things that didn't turn out as well as he uh, intended, like wiping out whole herds of animals because he brought over uh, animals that had a, a parasite in them that wasn't known there. But, you know, he did it for good reasons. And he did a lot of good things. 
But the reason uh, that the Collect also draws our attention to him and that we have these wonderful scriptures today is because uh, he saw that they were in pain and he cared about them. He had compassion for them. And, and that's why our attention is drawn to them. And that's uh, why we have the reading for today. Even when Jesus is walking on the water, he, he scares them. And then he, he, he feels bad that they're afraid and says, take heart, it is I. I say that because compassion, uh, that is sharing other people's suffering, is an essential part of the Christian life. It is an essential practice for Christians. And unfortunately, because of the way our healthcare system works, um, for many of the very good things that it does and the institutions that are set up that aren't just by some wealthy person who has friends who can set up college hospitals, but are done in, in mammoth sort of ways, we are often, it's often made very difficult for us to actually even visit people, let alone be there with them when they're suffering. I know this is true for the elderly because as a clergy person, and, and my fellow clergy will tell you this is true, if you walk into a nursing home in a collar, everybody's hoping that you're there for them because lots of times nobody else is there for them. And I remember in the parish, uh, and it just, you made me think of it because you mentioned, had me mention Tuscaloosa, we used to have uh, a little endowment for altar flowers. I don't know who gave it. Some, in the Episcopal Church, we were always grateful for dead Episcopalians who left us money. And uh, we are. Always, always be thankful for dead Episcopalians. And um, aren't you grateful? I'm grateful. For yes, absolutely. And uh, some dead Episcopalian had left us money for flowers. And so we not only had the lovely flowers that many Episcopal churches of our size had, we had gorgeous flowers. And if you wanted to, you could take them to whoever was in the hospital, if any layperson in the congregation could take them to whoever was in the hospital. And almost no one ever did. Because, ostensibly, they had other stuff they had to do. And because it's very painful to go and be with people suffering. And you have to manage the hospital parking garage, which is, of course, a giant pain in the neck. And then you might feel vulnerable because they might wonder why you're there. And, and uh, it's awkward and it's difficult. And so in my experience, we don't do it, much to our loss. All of these things we are called to do, these traditional Christian practices, showing compassion is not so that God will like us better, because God will not like us any better. God likes you plenty already. But because it changes who we are, it reassures us and them. All these things we are called to do, my sisters and brothers, like Wilfred Grenfell, are for us as much as they are for the people we are doing with them for. They not only say to them, take heart, it is I, because in being with people when they suffer, you are indeed being Jesus to them, reminding them that God cares about their lives, not somehow promising them that it will all be all right when lots of times it won't all be all right not in the sense they would like it to be. That's the hard part. 
but reminding them that God is with them, as Jesus was with all of us. You know, at that moment on the cross in the scriptures when it, only the women are nearby and the men are all hiding, uh, I think all of you who are women should always remember that. Uh, you know, I think the assumption I always had for years was that they were hiding because they were afraid they were going to get arrested. They might just have been hiding because it's so incredibly terrifying to watch anybody suffer especially someone you love. I say to you, my sisters and brothers, make time in your lives for personal compassion, not just the wonderful things that we all do that keep us at a distance. Some of those are tremendously important. Sometimes people really do need to see their clergy person, absolutely. And I can tell you on the times that I go, even though I'm terribly sorry that they're ill, it's so centering. My husband always notices. I remembered who I was. Not my vocation as a priest, but my vocation as a baptized person. I encourage you, even though you won't get to do the things that Wilfred Grenfell did, because we don't need that done, to take the breath, breath and time and energy that God has given you, and to spend some of it just sitting with people who suffer. Some that you don't know, not just your relatives. And be the one in that moment who says to them, take heart, it is I. Amen.
God, the life of all who live, the light of the faithful, the strength of those who labor, and the repose of the dead, we thank you for the blessings of the day that is past and humbly ask for your protection through the coming night. Bring us in safety to the morning hours through him who died and rose again for us, your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Keep watch, dear Lord, with those who work or watch or weep this night. And give your angels charge over those who sleep. Tend the sick, Lord Christ. Give rest to the weary. Bless the dying. Soothe the suffering. Pity the afflicted. Shield the joyous. And all for your love's sake. Amen. Pray with me, prayer number three, in your bulletin. <coughs> Lord, it is night. The night is for stillness. Let us be still in the presence of God. It is night after a long day. What has been done has been done. What has not been done has not been done. Let it be. The night is dark. Let our fears of the darkness of the world and of our own lives rest in you. The night is quiet. Let the quietness of your peace enfold us, all dear to us and all who have no peace. The night heralds the dawn. Let us look expectantly to a new day, new joys, new possibilities. In your name we pray. Amen. Let us bless the
go with you this night. And the blessing of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you now and always. Amen. Amen.